this is why we want to talk about this because opportunities come up every once in a while in everybody's life. You know, whether it be an opportunity for an investment, whether it be an opportunity to take a job, whether it be an opportunity to meet someone or an opportunity to, I don't know, take advantage of something like an offer that was given to you. And we are given opportunities over and over again every single day of our lives and we get to choose. And oftentimes, like sometimes some people are trained to say yes to everything. Some people are trained to say no to everything. And some people are trained to kind of, you know, 50-50. And these are really important things to kind of talk about because as an entrepreneur there's a cost to taking opportunities and there's also a cost for not taking opportunities and this is what we want to kind of really discuss jim it's so funny you know when we think about where we are right now recording And I'm just reflecting back on the week that we had. Like, so, yeah. so just kind of put it to context for people. Last week, we didn't record. And the reason why, because I was actually in Madrid and I was yep. flying there. And I was actually going by myself. I was, uh, I had to talk to that I had to go do. And I just gave myself a, a little bit of an opportunity really to spend a day because I've never been to Madrid. I wanted to kind of go and explore and some, find some time for myself and just reflect and walk around the city and just explore. I like, I like doing that, right? I like, it's been three years <laughs> since I've done that. So um, I wanted to kind of go and do that. But then I was like, oh, you know, I, I kind of teased at you, Jim. I'm like, come on, man, yeah. you're in Barcelona. You're not that far. Come on in. Like, let's, let's, I teased yeah. at you to come and never responded. And on the day before, the day before I left, I was literally just about to send you a message. I'm like, come on, get on that flight, take a train, whatever, meet me in Madrid. And yeah. then what happened, Jim? Well, this is the funny part, Miss, because I, well, I don't know whether you willed it. I think you did. Lawrence, I think I, I, I have the power, definitely. I definitely have, have the power, power to, to, to change to, uh, to just you know, create my trajectories yeah, yeah. and tilt the, the universe and tilt the globe and, and everything like that. So long story short, I was waiting. I had to actually come to Madrid because I had to get a piece of our visa uh, approved or organized in Madrid. And, and when you'd said you're coming to Madrid, part of me went, yeah, I'm going to come. But then the other part of me went, look, I'm probably going to be going there anyway. So look, I can't commit to you right now but i'll wait and see but i had this sneaking suspicion that it's actually going to line up to the same the same sort of time and the day before i you you were flying across i was in my office it was like 10 o'clock at night i was just getting things organized uh, finishing off a few things few emails and bettina came into my office and said hey uh, how do you feel like going to madrid tomorrow and i went what do you mean she goes look here's the opportunity there's an opening embassy tomorrow at like Oh, sorry, the day after, I should say, at this amount of time, uh, 11 o'clock in the morning, it's the only one in three weeks. Can you go? And I, I quite literally had 30 seconds or 40 seconds to think about it. I went, okay, I'll do it. I rearranged a few things and I was off to Madrid. And I am adamant that you created that, Lawrence, <laughs> so that uh, you put it out there, you, you put it out there and said, I want to meet up in, in Madrid. And it happened. So I organized and I got a train on the next morning and I was on to, uh, basically in Madrid. Well, Donata, man, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great time. Just flex, flexing, your, flexing your Portuguese a little bit too. Hey, there. there you go. There you go. And that's <laughs> the only like two or three words I actually know. Um, yeah. So it's great to see you. It's great. Great to hang out. I love that we were able to, to hang out and uh, had dinner. Thanks for in, indulging in my Japanese. Uh, fetish of for food and uh indulging in some good quality wagyu and kobe beef it was awesome mm. hope that you enjoyed it too but uh what the funny thing is that you know in today's podcast we're going to talk a lot about you know creating opportunities and synchronicity and here's another one right so on the train ride from barcelona to madrid yeah you had an opportunity and i did i was, did yeah, uh, uh, well, what was it? It's actually really fun. I'm just going to back up a little bit and say, actually, no, I'll spoil it. So I'll tell you this bit, then I'll go back. Right. So while I'm on the train, I had an invitation. I had a, a message from someone we both know who is involved in conferences with, within the chiropractic profession, actually, in, in London. They said, hey, uh, we've had a last-minute cancellation. Someone just can't be at a speaking event tomorrow in London. Is there any chance, any chance that you could... Oh, sorry, this was Thursday, Saturday. Any chance you could fly to London and speak? Now, you've spoken at this event in the past, Lawrence. Yeah, um, so And you know how, how, 
Yeah, awesome uh, event it is. And here I was on the train going, I can't believe this. This is, I'm, I'm on here, I'm on the train, I, I've got a split second opportunity to, to a uh, decision to make. Do I go? Is it too difficult? And it wasn't that it was so easy that it was just a logical step. It was like, I didn't move heaven and earth to even consider that as a possibility. And I made the decision to go. Yeah. And I think that, so we can dive deeper into exactly what happened, but I mean, reality is, is that I think this is why we want to talk about this because opportunities come up every once in a while in everybody's life, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it be an opportunity for an investment, whether it be an opportunity to take a job, whether it be an opportunity to meet someone or an opportunity to, I don't know, take advantage of something like an offer that was given to you. And we are given opportunities over and over again every single day of our lives, and we get to choose. And oftentimes, like sometimes some people are trained to say yes to everything. Some people are trained to say no to everything. And some people are trained to kind of, you know, 50-50. And these are really important things to kind of talk about because as an entrepreneur, there's a cost to taking opportunities. And there's also a cost for not taking opportunities. And this is what we want to kind of really discuss. And that's why we're setting up with this. So, you know, what were some of the things that you were going through your head around this opportunity? Like, what what was the first, I'd love to actually know your first instinct. Like, was your first instinct was going, hell yes, I'm going to figure this out. Or was it more like, man, that's just going to be like, logistically going to be a nightmare. Let me think about this. Like, so where do you go? For you. Yeah, it's actually it's a brilliant question, actually, because I've worked out that I've got to stay in I, in wonder. So I stayed in like, wow, this mm. is awesome. And I, I have a capacity to go from where I am to endpoint in an, in an instant. The problem yeah, that I have is if I've got to think about the steps, yep. that's when it slows down the cogs. And that's when mm. I so, so to me, I was like, I've got to go, this is going to be a hell yes or a, or a heck no um, yep. uh, immediately. And if it's a hell yes, I'm going to work it out. That's yep. pretty much how I, that's the, the, the avenue that I do it. And when I've realized that in myself, that when I don't do that and I go straight to logistics, uh, it doesn't work out very well for me. That's very interesting because I'm exactly the same way. And not everybody's like that. My wife is a complete opposite. Okay, so yeah. this is why it's good to discuss this. Because so the hell yes, hell no. I'm not sure where you heard it, but I I heard that from Derek Sivers. Uh, yeah, he wrote a brilliant book. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I think you can have anything you want or something to that effect. Really yeah. great, short read, yeah. beautiful book. Short read, it's a beautiful yeah. book. Yeah. Very beautiful. And he talks about how he makes decisions, and one of the decisions he makes is either a hell yeah or hell yeah. no. And yeah. That's a really great way to think about that. I I make that decision that way. Jim, you seem like you make that decision. That's awesome. So that so that's good. Like for our process. Now, I mean, it's not for everybody, but I'm just going through our process. I can only talk about ourselves. So you went from a hell yeah, and then you just it's like you. I I would imagine because I'll tell you how I think about this. I would have been yeah. yes, I'm gonna yes for sure. Hell yes. Now I gotta figure out. Like I'm just gonna go. I'm. It's not like I'll figure out. I'm not going to, I don't go to like all the things that are bad. I also go like, how do I move this to make it happen? Like that's yeah, where I go. Yeah. I go is that how yeah. your brain works too? Yeah, 100%, 100%. So to me, it's like, I've got to get the excitement. If, if it's big enough that I'm inspired by it, then I will move heaven and earth to do it. If I've got to convince myself that it's a good thing to do, then there's not the emotion. So that's kind of like a reference for me that I yeah. know that I'm on something because if I get, clarity of thought and an emotional charge in it i know something like that instinctively i've learned over time that there's something in this for me i really need to pay attention because this is the universe going hey pay attention here i'm, I'm giving you a chance and opportunity don't ignore it yeah so that to me is a really big clue and a, and a cue to, to pay attention interesting I uh, hope my wife doesn't listen to this, but you know, one of the most, <laughs> the first thing that usually pops in my mind, I'm like, how do I convince Karen to allow me to yeah, do, yeah. do whatever I'm just yeah, about to yeah. do? That's usually yeah. the first instinct. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's also like, it's about, uh, so that's the first start. And then the, the next start is a logical start. Okay, how do I sell this idea as it's a great idea? It's just not me just going off on a tangent. And, and the ability to be able to communicate the reason and the logic to somebody else is a critical step in entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got to sell your vision to you, and then you got to sell it to your significant people first. Okay, to so then that, move that, on. That's really critical, right? Because if you like, that's the thing. 
you have to learn to, I want to repeat what you said. You got to learn to sell the vision to yourself first before yeah. you can learn to sell it to anybody else. This is yeah. very critical. You, we, we're kind of, I don't want to brush across that because too quickly, because it is so important that you sit down, be in wonder and actually get to sell it to yourself. Because if you don't, yeah. your communication is never going to really um, come off perfectly. And here's yeah. an example. Uh, uh, let's see, go a year and a half ago, I would say. I was in the decision-making of like, should we go to Portugal or should we not? And I remember bringing this up. I always thought it was just, my, I'm going to leave it with my wife. She can decide. I've already made up my mind. Like, mm -hmm. I think we should move. And she was holding on to that thought, not sure. We've been talking about it. I'm like, you know what? I can move like this, right? That's what I told myself. I brought it up to one of my mastermind group, you know, uh, surrounded by, you know, friends. And, and then we, I brought this up to a mastermind. I'm like, I don't know where we're at with this. And it was brilliant. One of the... Um, She's a psychologist and um, by trade. And she she asked me a question. It goes, are you sold on it? Mm. And I'm like, of, and my first instinct was like, of course, right? But then I'm like, I held back. And I'm like, really thought that through. I'm like, and she asked me again. She goes, are you sure that's what you want to do? Like, are you yeah. convinced? And she said, it goes, at the end of the day, it goes, your wife, your family, if you believe this is the best move for your family, they're going to follow you. Yep, yep. They're going to believe in you. They're going to trust in you because you've never guided them wrong. So until you are very clear, this is never going to happen. And I went, oh, and I started bawling. I started crying. I was like, yep, oh, crap. Yep. You know, like yep. that was like, that was so true. It hit me really hard, swear in the heart. And like, you know what? Yeah, it was easier for me to redirect the decision yep. and be not go, I'm not responsible for this. Yeah. You know, it's Karen's responsibility yeah. and not taking ownership that I had to think that through. And I really reflect, I didn't change anything. I didn't read, I didn't restate anything. All I did was spent the next week just really going through my mind. Like, is this the right move? And then I started believing, go, no, this is it. I didn't say anything else. And then sure enough, I would say about a week or two weeks later, Karen just says, we're going. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, selling yeah. your vision to yourself first, and then how you act, and everybody else will kind of follow us. I think that's such an important thing. So I wanted to kind of make sure uh, we don't brush across that too quickly. Yeah, no, that, that's and that's that's a really good distinction to make, actually. So just to break it down even further, so how I did that, like, like because in in sales, what they say is people buy emotionally and justify logically. Yep. Right. So. To me, what I did, I became fully associated with the decision. So effectively, I went from opportunity to, wow, this is great. This is a great opportunity to speak. I didn't worry about the fear of it at that point. What I did straight away is I went to endpoint and I visualized myself on stage talking, um, dressed up in a suit, not having to worry at that time that I didn't have a suit, right? But I just, I went to endpoint straight away and visualized it and visualized uh, delivering from a, a, a powerful message and a powerful presentation, and that excited me. That gave me enough um, references to go, this is on point. This is purposeful. This is kind of what you're doing. This is why you want to do it. So I had to get emotionally connected to that. From then on, I did what's called in in, um, in, the, in the military and in project management, they call it a PERT chart, where you go right to the end, you have endpoint organized, then you start working backwards. So mm -hmm. for me, it was like, if everything's aligned at the end and it's a, it's a, it's a, I'll go congruent with it. Now, what do I need to get done in a day, in half a day, in three hours, in the next 20 minutes to make it happen? Yeah. And that's, that's pretty awesome. much what I did. What I did. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. Like, oftentimes people forget um, that, you know, not everybody's like this, right? So that's what I want to be yeah. very clear. And I really like, because you, you and I are obviously very similar. We make decisions this way, but it's not like we don't, we don't make those decisions as if we don't have any consequences, right? We, yeah. we, we go, this is where we want to be. And we try to work through the logistics. And sometimes let's not, let's face it. Like sometimes the opportunity is, yes, this will be the great opportunity we can make, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. Maybe the yeah. timing yeah. didn't work out. Um, the logistics wouldn't work out. Like certain things just may not have happened, even though you can see yourself in the future, but it's like letting your future dictate first and yeah. then seeing if the pieces kind of fit in to make it work, right? Yeah. I think that's important. So what do you say, though, to say someone um, who's the exact opposite? Which, yeah. because they're, 
there were people out there. I think my wife is one of those, which was where she would immediately think about all the things of why it can't be done. Yeah. No, not that that's bad, right? It's just, you know, they're just, they just have a different um, perspective and how they make choices. What would you say to that? And how would you navigate it? That's a, that's a great question because I, how, what I realized about myself is because I, and, and don't get me wrong, there are areas in my life where I, that doesn't always happen, right? And so I'm not as clear cut, you know, I go in and we're buying stuff for the home and I'm indecisive because I can't, I don't, I don't know, because I'm in overwhelm. That's a different scenario. But for me, if I'm super clear, there's that certainty you were talking about, the psychologist was talking about, I'm super clear. There is no deviation of, for me, it's like, that's the path. And I, that's, that's uh, I, I guess, something that happens for me. The other, the, the other thing is that I, I learned that, and, and Edward de Bono explained this really well with his six hats, uh, where he basically outlined and says, in decision-making, at any one time, you need to have different hats. And different hats represent the visionary, the critic, the person who thinks about the logistics, all that kind of thing. But it's an important it's important in the process that you don't bring in someone too quick who has the the hey what could go wrong thing because you haven't had the chance to let the idea run and so what i realized i used to get really frustrated with people who i'd try and share a vision and they go yeah but how about and i'm like and then i'd lose steam and i'd get disheartened and i go don't worry about it until i realized that i need those people they're super valuable because they see the blind spots, they see the things that people who are visionary don't see. But what I learned is that I've got to bring them in at the right time, not too early in the cycle, yeah. that is actually going to take the, not so much a dream away. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to call it a dream stealing process, but for people who, who just get excited by enthusiasm and vision, you have to let it run out all the way. And the moment you have, then you can go back and start making logic or critique it challenge the assumptions whatever but if you run going too early you don't get the full gamut of what's possible yeah you're absolutely right i think that you know the one main thing is having awareness of your natural tendency to make decisions and recognizing whether it's a strength or a weakness or whether or not it has uh what are the consequences of that particular hat that you do wear Um, so for example, like just Jim and I shared like our way of processing, but there is a consequences to it. The consequences that we say yes to too many things sometimes, or we sacrifice other things like maybe family or sacrifice, um, you know, things that are also important to us or, you know, that is part of our role to, in order to chase these things. Right. So, and when we're blind spotted by the opportunity versus about the thing that we may be supposed to be need to be doing so like i i know i get caught up in that a lot so or don't see the knock-on effects sometimes because we're so tunnel focused to get that opportunity so i think that's you know that would be weakness but having that awareness about yourself is to kind of go okay i want this but then put that in at some point through the decision process to check in and go like can i make this happen you know and i think that's important and these are the small decisions and also bigger decisions right yeah it's not just in in big decision we talk about well whereas versus Someone who always says, yeah, but type of men- mentality, you got, you got to have the awareness that, okay, your awareness that that's what you typically do. Okay, that's good. It has its pros, but you also need to know the consequences because the consequences of those types of people you is that you would tend to, you never actually allow yourself to dream about yeah. the opportunity because you've already put roadblocks before you even got started. And so it, yeah. it becomes almost a quick no and you don't really know whether or not that could have been a great thing. And that could be choosing a partner. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, this person is great. Go, yeah, but he's too short. He's too tall. He's yeah. too fat to whatever. Like, you know, in, yeah. in that type of like mentality, rather than going through that process and going like, well, what if? Like, what are some of the qualities? And then put those filters in later. So I think being aware of how you make decisions, being aware and how you take or reject opportunities is such an important process because it allows you to know when have I in the past when i have made those opportunities and decisions or take up those opportunities and what has stopped me in the past and course correct them and maybe retweak the path rather than just thinking that opportunities don't come to you yeah and 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 i think you you highlighted it really well where you basically said identifying your strengths because you when you're inspired by something you're a very good starter 
exceptionally good starter. And you'll use momentum and get started. And you quite often have a lower tolerance of, uh, uh, a higher tolerance of risk, I should say, where you can go, yeah, I'm going in. I have enough certainty in myself to go. You get to about 80% and you're traditionally not as great a closer. You're not great. And just once that's there, it's like, oh, this is boring now. So you need someone along the journey who will actually close it out and finish it and bring it to fruition That's right. and have steps along the way that ensure systems that otherwise, because when you talk about the cost of it, it's all well and good to get excited and, and wow, this is awesome and great. But if you, like I've had scenarios where things have expanded so rapidly and quickly, I didn't have a system in place that was efficient enough. So things basically exploded really quickly but then actually led to disappointment because you just couldn't maintain the service level. You couldn't maintain the product offer, et cetera, et cetera, because you built beyond your current frame and capacity. Well, entrepreneurs are very typical for that. Like most entrepreneurs yeah, yeah. I have ever met, when you ask them if you're, you know, this is using the Kobe index, K-O-L-B-E. Yeah. I think it's Kobe index B from memory. But, you know, most people are a quick start. Like yeah. Most entrepreneurs I meet are always called quick starts. And they are you know, that's what we do. Like this podcast, I was just thinking about this podcast is no different, right? We're quick start. We started this podcast. We've been recording by the time you, you know, by the time you viewers and listeners actually, you know, watch this or listen to this, it's been months since this has been recorded because we got started and now we're going through the logistics and the systems to make it and edit it and actually produce it and put it out there. That took time because we weren't necessarily, we didn't didn't work all that out. We we didn't have a name. (laughs) We didn't have nothing. It was like, for me, Especially it was like, that's okay, we'll work it out as we're going along, but I need yeah. momentum, I need movement, because that stimulates my brain to, to you know, okay, I'll work it out as I'm going along. Um, if I have stagnation, I just find that doesn't, it doesn't work for me. So Yeah, so what about, what do you think about luck? You know, you know, I, I love to talk about, you know, opportunities. Do we create it? Is it luck by chance for certain, for certain people? Or do we create our own luck? Or is it... We're, because we're mentally prepared. I love that Chinese saying. So I love yeah, for your me thoughts. Too, me too. I, I love, and, and I think I think there's luck is when opportunity meets preparation. So that that is always the case. See, here's how I see this, right? You could be spending your whole life preparing and an opportunity presents it. And I, I can't discount the role of luck. I, I feel you mm-hmm. create your own opportunities, mm-hmm. but there is an element of that, an intangible that comes into play. Right. So the key is, though, um, being in the right place and the right time and knowing it and taking action, because you can have all the luck in the world. But if you don't execute, if you don't step into that unknown, that fear, you can have all the luck in the world that's going to come and go. So to me, it's like, you know, they usually say knowledge is power, but, but it's actually being redefined. So potential power, because unless yes. you act on that, unless yes. you act on that luck, to me, it's it's basically something that can come and go. How, how do you how do you see it? Yeah, I I saw this little quick YouTube short yesterday, and I showed them my kids, and it was a photograph. I'm sure we've all kind of seen it. Photograph of Lee Harvey Oswald when he got a when, when he got assassinated, when he got killed, right? When yeah. was, um and and it was a photograph of him getting shot, like a you know the yeah. person you know getting shot. And the reaction, the emotion of the the cop that the policeman that was holding him, and the gunman firing the shot. I could be getting this wrong. Lee Harvey Oswald was the one who got killed, right? I could be yeah. wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. Sorry, my history, he, American he shot JFK, and then JFK. a few days later, That's right. Yeah. Right. So Lee Harvey gets shot, and this, this is a picture. This, we all seen it, right? That black and white photo, him yeah. getting shot, and the policeman. Right? What I didn't know, and what the the short was was really interesting, was that there was another photographer who took the same shot but he took the shot one sixteenth of a second prior to that moment right. which was a moment of where the gunman was just about to approach harvey lee, lee harry oswald but it was the moment that had no reaction from anybody because it was just a, half a like a split second sooner before he was shot but the picture did show gunman showed lee harry oswald but everybody the the background of lee harvey oswald the cop was like just normal the gun hasn't gone off yet. Hmm. One and two pictures, same moment, one sixteenth of a second difference. The one that we all know won a Pulitzer Surprise, a Pulitzer yeah. Prize for the photographer and became a famous artist. The other one went into obscurity. Hmm. <laughs> so we're talking same same moment, same shot, 
just slightly different. And to me, it's like, you know, first of all, we just talked about taking the opportunity. You might have a camera, a bunch of people would have a camera, but did you take the shot, right? Mm. Did you take that shot? And that moment, um, we have like the camera will be preparation. We all have a camera at any given moment, but did you press the button? Did you actually mm. take that opportunity that, op you know, that in that moment of time, did you take that opportunity? Luck, I find every, if you ask every entrepreneur, what has made you successful? Most people often say luck came was a part of their role. I kind of somewhat agree to that, but I also feel that when you go through the moments of preparation and mastery and getting better at your craft, you tend to create the luck. Yep. Totally that's right. about yeah. to happen. Yeah. Like you yeah. put yourself in situations that allow you to have that luck come to you. Yeah, no, right. I, I, I can say that. I can say that. Yeah, it's like so for if there's any speaking opportunities, for example, or there is, let's just say you're a speaking opportunity. Like, it's not just like, like you know, the person called you out of the blue, right? Like you've been having multiple conversations on another topic, on a couple other things throughout the months that led to that moment i'm saying i'm not saying that that was the influence or but because there was like that relationship that was built there yeah over time and also recognizing that you know in her psyche to go oh jim may be available right mm. and then that opportunity so like i think it's like a bit of both and it, you yeah, can't, no, it's totally, not like totally. you can't just all put it to luck it's like no, put totally. into to the moment right and i think it's like you know, so let's go back to the photographer because uh, yeah. I want to make sure I clean up that story. Because to me, yeah, the photographer, you know, didn't take that opportune shot. But like you can kind of beat yourself up over that one moment that you were one and a half, one sixteenth of a second too late. Or you can and become a victim of that. Or you could have just continue to just keep taking shots. Mm. Right. And that's the, that's the choice that we all have to make. We not going to get every opportunity we're going to get. Sometimes we're just slightly missed that opportunity, but doesn't mean that that defines your life. Doesn't yep. mean that there's no other opportunity. So, cause you can, and that's comes from, I think it's comes from an attitude of going, am I going to be a victim of bad luck or am I going to go out and create luck? Yeah. And I think that's why I think it's important that we are constantly striving to create the life that we want versus feeling a victim of like life happens to us. Yeah. I know I have a choice at any given day to think of those opportunities. Like either I live a life that I can control or create the luck that I want or opportunities that I want, or I can live a life that life is just happening to me and I have no control. Yeah. I know which one I'd rather live and I don't know what's actually true because I'm no, I can't really prove it, but I'd rather be on the side of going, I get to choose and the life I'm creating is the one it's actually creating based on what I do run happening to me. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And I want to circle back to something you said, which, which really resonated was the, the role of luck and preparation, because how many times you hear someone saying, I worked 20 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> and so that, that, that shows that you've put skin in the deal. You've, you've been applying your craft, you're working on it. And in that scenario, look, you're right. I, that to me, I look at that and go, okay, there's factors outside of me that had an influence, but but it was like being um, being showing up, doing what I do, being able to t basically talk and communicate at will anyway, having the podcast, saying yes to life so that you're putting yourself in, in the arena. You're putting yourself and giving yourself a chance and when opportunities come, you take them. Because in that scenario, while well, I was on the train, when I had an invitation, when I, I checked it on my message, I think I sent you a message uh, probably about 10 minutes earlier and said, hey, Lawrence, this traveling on a train stuff is really cool. Yes. It's less hassle. Remember, remember yeah. and it's less hassle. It's pretty cool, man. I'll see you in a few hours. And then I get this other message. But I could just as easily have gone, uh, here's the same chance. Uh, I'm not going to take it. Mm. It's too hard. Because for me to do this, I'm going to have to go and – changing my flights, I'm going to do this, there's, there's costs involved, there's, I haven't got a suit, and I could have talked myself out of that scenario mm -hmm. very easily, very easily. And I, I think I could have been justified if I 
if I allowed that to happen. It was just that, like you said, I just decided, no, actually, this is too important to me. And I'm actually not going to go, oh, it's a shame because it would have been really convenient if you'd told me three weeks ago. Well, yeah. well convenient if you told way. me like last night, I could have brought my suit <laughs> yeah. and, you know, yeah. you know all yeah. that stuff. But no, instead, Jim did the, the most amazing thing, went to a store, bought a whole entire outfit, suit, shirt, belts, pants, you know, socks, Accessories, shoes, socks, everything in like 30 minutes. It was incredible yeah. to watch. I was like, this is a man on a mission. Yeah, know? well, this is decisive. And it helped. Two things that helped with that was um, number one, because I said to you, hey, Lawrence, I might need some help with uh, helping out um, ideas. And, and it was with the shoes. I go, what do you reckon about those shoes? Uh, but you know what it was? It was like I had 30 minutes. I literally had 30 minutes because we had dinner and we're like, how's this going to work? And I walked mm -hmm. into the store and I said to this, this guy, I'm about to make you an exceptionally happy person if you can just help me find a, a whole outfit and I have 30 minutes, go. And this guy was an absolute rock star. He, he delivered, he did that exceptionally well. Yeah, that's great. And I think sometimes, you know, we can talk about decision because since yeah. we're talking about creating opportunities, like sometimes when you give yourself too much time yeah. to think, too much time to, I know I've got trapped in this, is like, oh, deciding, like the longer you wait, yeah. the, the more like you the more time you kind of like waiting for things to decide whereas if you got a time constraint and it's got to be done by x certain amount of time like you just make the decision you know and i get sometimes get stuck on like oh should i get this or versus this or should i get this phone versus and it's like yeah. this overwhelm where like i'm yeah. also been the person who bought two homes without actually yeah. seeing them yeah. in my yeah. life yeah. the last two houses yeah. I've, I've purchased i haven't even seen them like literally I've, I've been on the other side of the world buying those homes and uh and I've done that because the constraint was, okay, well, the yeah. pictures and the video was good enough. <laughs> I just trust the people and, you know, and it's just like, it's kind of weird. Like I could, you know, for such a high that value would, purpose. That would freak the daylights out of a lot of people. Right. Exactly. And it's like, and I've done it only one time. I did it freaking <laughs> twice now. It's just, it's kind of an incredible story. We can probably dive into that. Maybe uh, in another I, podcast. Uh, no, I want to, uh, now is, is, I think it's quite relevant because it's like, so you mentioned before, a lot of times you go, this is, you've got this crazy zany idea. Oh, heck, how am I going to convince Karen? How did you do that? Not once, but twice. How did you do that? <laughs> I think, uh, listen, uh, it, so we, we sold, so the story is that I was actually, actually I was in Barcelona. <laughs> I was in Barcelona. Um, this is going back about eight, nine years ago. And I was, uh, we were in, in actually, it's a funny story tying it all in. I was about to speak York, that conference, yeah. that yeah. conference, all right, uh, that conference you spoke at, I was supposed to speaking. It was more like later in the year. So they have two conferences a year. I was speaking yeah. at the later conference. And I decided since I was speaking there, I'm going to take my whole entire family and we're going to go to Europe for a month. Hmm. And we started in Barcelona. We took a cruise and from Barcelona, you know, and then we did that whole Mediterranean thing and then end up, you know, going. so we went to like Barcelona, Dubai, Amsterdam and London and all that stuff for a whole month. But we sold our house like while we were traveling within the first day. I think within the first three days. And now we're homeless. And we're like, oh, crap. Like, you know, so this is like, so what do we do? This is when I was in Perth. And we're like, do we move to Sydney? Like, we, do you want to think about this? And then so that's how it all kind of started. And um, and in a lot of houses in Australia were, uh, it, you know, sold by auction. And I'm like, I didn't want to go through that auction process and so we we found this house i got a friend and he looked at it and my wife gave certain stipulations like it's got to have flow it's got to have this it's got to have that yeah. and he's like i don't even know what flow means but here goes <laughs> so he's just like <laughs> filmed a 10 minute video uploaded in the dropbox and sent it to me i still have that video uh my good awesome. friend taki and he just like you know just that's how we bought the house we just bought the house like sight unseen and based on a 10 minute video my friend took of it um i'd actually done another friend went through the house at the same time as well just to kind of get you know double yeah. reassurance and yeah and we just spent the whole trip for a month basically went from selling our house to end up buying the house on our last stop like every country i went to had something significant you know lawyers mm -hmm. you know all that stuff and let's just dig in and i you know in hindsight going back to that i flew back and you know if i was in australia i would have flown all the way to sydney and yeah. i would have i would have seen the house and if I saw the house, I would have seen all these little tiny little flaws. 
Mm-hmm. And those tiny little flaws might have been the which most, every house does. Every house, every has. house has, well, and it would yeah. have been the, it would have been one of those like little. It could have been a breaker to like, yeah. oh, whether I should buy this or not. You, you can start questioning yourself because I didn't do that. You kind of have to go with the bigger out, overview, yeah. and that's what happened. And I, I learned a lot from that. So sometimes we can be nitpicky op- yeah. on opportunities and decisions on like the smallest little details because you can see it, or you can look at the overall opportunities and go like. Are those details actually, does it actually matter? Yeah. And that's like a lesson to, I learn when I make decisions sometimes. It's like, don't get caught up in the small little details because sometimes the small little details really don't matter. Like, sure, aesthetically, it's not pleasing, blah, blah, blah. But really, does the does 90% of it is good enough? Like it's, you know, and yeah. it was an opportunity. And that's how we made those decisions. And the same thing happened. Yeah. We promised I would never do that again. And somehow we, did the same did thing for Portugal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, that, again, it was opportunity and it was yeah. the, the right house, the right time and the right price and all that stuff kind of came in. And people here struggle to find houses because it's, yeah. you know, Portugal's booming, right? And yeah. so it's really, really tough for expats to find homes. And uh, so we were very fortunate. We were very fortunate to kind of, so I think coming back to answering your question, I think it's it's about understanding what our purpose is, understanding yeah. what our values are, um, like we want, we need a home. We don't need a home, but we really want a home. We thrive in a home. Yep. Like right now, I'm sorry yep. for anybody who's watching like all these podcasts so far. It's like, I've been sitting in a bed, like the crappy little, uh, view you're, and whatever. It's not ideal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not ideal, but Hey, it is what it is. And hopefully in the next you know few months that, uh, you'll have a better background and stuff, but you know, we want to make it polished and make it better, but we'll do that sooner or later. But the reality is, is that sometimes like you just got to take that opportunity and, um, and we just jumped on it. I go, what's the worst thing we can do? Uh, lose and, you know, money. It's, yep. it's, it is. I mean, we could do that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like we're so fortunate for certain things. And, um, and these opportunities only come up once in a while. And you got to know when to action. And I think the lesson here is action. Taking action yep. is more important than sitting on the sidelines waiting. And if yep. you're a type of personality who constantly wait for things, just watching opportunities go by, opportunities go by over and over again, you need to start questioning, like, how is that working for you like, yep. in your life? Like, is it is it helping you progress forward to the the place where you actually want to go? If you constantly miss the train, not sharing, like, I don't know if this is the perfect train for me to go. I'm not sure if this is the perfect train to go. Like, sometimes you just need to get on that train. And, yep. just, and you're going to learn something because you go through that door and you realize, like, this is not where I want to go. Well, at least you found that out. Yeah. Right? At least yeah. you found that out. So you can come off, get yeah. off that train, and find a different direction. And you know, at least you eliminate that direction. I yeah. think that's important. Yeah. I think it's a great, great distinction you make there about people's reluctance to make decisions sometimes because of a fear that it may not be right. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, no one likes, no one likes um, making mistakes or no one likes um, going down a path only to realize that this isn't the path. But it's a case of, I did it. I realized it wasn't the right path. I got off, as you said, the train and got on the right one. But if you're staying stagnant uh, and, and not ever taking a shot because you're being you're paralyzed by fear, then you'll never ever take any action. You'll never go out there and um, be vulnerable and introduce yourself to someone potentially meet a life partner. You'll never take that opportunity in life to start a business, etc. There's so many situations where that's it you've got to act greater than your fear at that time and 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 see that and you know you talked about that i've had the event pretty much every home that we've ever bought um interestingly investment properties and stuff i've never looked at them i've actually mm. bought them sight unseen because to me it's it's a mathematical decision i've had buyers agents not an look emotional at them. one not an emotional one i couldn't care less but when it's been our own home i've walked in and literally the moment i've walked into the house before i've even gone there i i, I, I always always go this is it, and and pretty much everything else is is going to be seventy percent right or eighty percent right, but that doesn't matter. I, I get this like a visceral reaction and a really positive one, and go, yeah, this is it. And even if it doesn't aesthetically match exactly what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. I just know that I know that I know that that's the place where we need to be right now. Yeah, my wife, Karen's like very much like that. You know, mm. this podcast is a lot about Karen. She should actually be here. Yeah, uh, like she she one one time in one of our homes uh, that we um, that we lived in in Perth. I remember walking in, and uh, and she does this so secretly. We walked in, and I'm like, okay, it's a nice house. And then she grabbed my arm at the end of like honestly within five minutes. She goes, she just whispered, "Mike goes, I want this house." <laughs> and it was like, and it's pretty much like figure it out. <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm in trouble now. Um, and, and, and it's the same thing with this one. This, this, the house that we have in Portugal, um, she basically, you know, saw it and it was the first house we saw. And we saw like probably 30 or 40 homes after that, just to kind of get test the market. And we all came back to the first one we saw and she goes, this is the one. And then she talked to the real estate agent here and on, we were on zoom and she goes, okay, we're buying this house. You two sort out the logistics. And she just walked yep. out the room. I'm like, yeah. Uh, okay, Mark, I guess we're buying this house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, like, so she has that same instinct. She just knows and she follows her gut and she takes actions, which I love. And, uh, and, you know, even though I said previously how she sometimes put roadblocks, like when she knows she's no, when she's on point, yeah. she's on point. And that's, that's her strength. And I think that's the, the key element is to, to what we're saying is don't be an observer and bystander in your life. You know, yeah. be the star. Don't be a, you know, don't be that's a, uh, the extra in your own movie. Right. And I think yeah. you know, I, the, the, the analogy I always use, like, especially with students uh, when they're younger, trying to decide what careers they want to have. I'm like, if you don't know what you want to do, just choose a door. Like there's three yeah. doors in front of you. Just choose one. Remember the price is right. Just choose one freaking one and walk in that door. And guess what? When you walk in that door, there's going to be three other freaking doors yeah. that you're going to have to yeah. figure to choose. And then you got to walk through it and you might walk through door number two and you walk in and go, Oh my God, this is a horror. Like, this is not what I want. Okay. Then come out of that door and choose a different door. Right. Yeah. And I think that's life. And the thing is though, you're never going to know that you didn't know what, what, yeah. what opportunities or what things you despise in the third door because you never yeah. even took the chance to open the first door. Yeah. You know, and I think this is, but these are small, like this is not just all the big stuff. Yeah, sure. For big decisions, you want to, might want to take your time to opening that door, but for small decisions, sometimes I think you just need to get in, go in, get out, go in. Oh, I'll look around and go, yeah. I really like this and just keep going. And I think when you start to do that, I know, I don't know about you, but I gain more confidence and trust yeah. and, the thing is what you learn, which I never actually talked about before. It's like you start to learn about yourself. Yeah. You start to learn where, who and where do you listen to? Like in terms of where in your body, you know, like, you know, some people are intuitive. I know now, like when my intuition and my intuition speaks to me, I better listen because when I yeah. doesn't, I don't listen to it. I'm always, I always get screwed. Yeah. Right. And I think it's important, but you don't know that until you take a chance to like start figuring out how do you operate in the universe? How do you operate yeah. in this world? And making decisions does that for you. You know yeah. when you make a wrong decision and what happened and you, if you analyze it and when you make a good decision, what happened? And if you make enough of them, it will average out to go like there are certain things that you did or didn't do that helps you navigate through decision um in, in decisions in the future. I think that's what's yeah. helpful. And if you think about the word decide, right? Decide, side, this, the ending of C-I-D-E, if you end anything with side is to kill off, right? Insecticide, mm. pesticide, like it's to kill homicide, it's to kill. So mm. when you decide is you're killing off all options mm. and that's what you're supposed to do. It, this, like, when you have options in front of you, it is hard to decide because you have to kill off the option, the other options. But that's what, if you don't have to decide, you can't move forward. And when yep. you can't move forward, you can't, you can't succeed because you're just waiting and hoping that someone will just make a decision for you. And that yep. some is again, going back to life. Do I want to create my life or do I want life to happen to me? Yeah. You know, in that scenario that you were talking about, I think there's a distinction between sometimes you just don't know right and you don't know how it'll turn out and i agree with you that the process is just about try start something get a feedback so and that in and of itself will build up self-belief self-esteem confidence because you're basically making decisions analyzing them and going again so that as a process is empowering because you're relying on your own sense of power as opposed to abdicating to others. So any time you make decisions, whether it's a good, bad or otherwise, and you learn from it and then you go again, you've actually gained wisdom and experience. So that's that's invaluable. I guess the, the, sub, the, the subgroup of people that I'd really wanna draw attention to would be the people who probably had that same reaction you and I have. I'm gonna go, but for some reason, stop themselves. Mm. Right? I've done that they're many honest. times. I've yeah, done that many th times. That you second guess yourself or you yeah. go, and you go, okay, so what happened in that moment? You know, what was it that 
because you got the hit, you got the instinct, you got that. And 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 I, same same. When I uh, one of the stories, and I'll I'll probably share this uh, at some stage, Lawrence, that I shared on stage shows why intuition is just a really powerful story for me. I never mm. ever 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 not listen to it. Okay, it's quite literally saved my life, and my life would have gone in a totally different direction if I didn't. So. Yeah. I place a really high priority on it, but that's the that's the scenarios to me where it, it's you you talk about how you gain confidence and trust is by getting taking action, but then the situations where everything's a, a screaming yes and you don't, you've got to look at what happened in that moment. What mm. what where did I talk myself out of that and why did I do that? Yeah. That to me is a really important consideration as well. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, like the the. The, when we're talking about opportunities, there is another side of it. I think we should probably discuss just to balance out the conversation, yeah. which is the opportunity cost. Yeah. Right. So I think that it's important to recognize that every decision you make and every opportunity you take, there's a cost to that too. Do you want yeah. to kind of maybe talk a little bit about that and I'll add, add some thoughts around that? Yeah. So, so any opportunity, there's going to be uh, cost, uh, costs in terms of energy, time, money, well, those are the most good factors and effectively you could start you can make a and regret you know so there's also the you know the the, the pain of regret of not making it uh, uh, taking up an opportunity so anytime you make decisions you don't always know how they're going to turn out and that may you may work uh, on a great idea and, and and follow it along and get to the point where you go this i've done my due diligence uh, this tells me that it's not a, a, a deal that I should proceed with. I've got to pull shoot now and leave it. And I just have to accept that because that's the opportunity. Here was the opportunity. I ran it out. It's telling me that it's not the right one. I'm talking particularly from a financial perspective here, mm. but sometimes just because you put the effort into it and follow it along, doesn't mean it will work out, but it's having the awareness to go, okay, when do I about face and let this go? When do I, you know, basically delegate? Where do I basically turn around and go, no, that's it? Or whether I, where do I double down and go harder is a really important uh, opportunity cost in itself. And aside from the energy, time and money that would come in in making those decisions. Yeah, I mean, every every opportunity you take is, that, like you said, energy, money and, and time. All those things, um, you can't, you know, you can't use, once you dedicate yourself to that opportunity, all of a sudden, like you can't deviate that up somewhere else. So for example, yeah. if, if I have $50,000 to invest somewhere, if I decide to invest in this fund or this stock or whatever, I can't use that $50,000 to, or any of that to, to invest in another opportunity. So like everything has a cost. I'm using money as an example, but that's no different than it was time or energy. It's the same thing. Like if you're going to dedicate yourself to a podcast, that means I'm dedicating a certain amount you know, hours on this, which means I can now use that hour to do something else. And so we have to factor that in. And that is why it's important to recognize opportunities over the hell yes, hell no. Right, whereas we yeah. talked about it earlier, because if you don't, if you just say yes to everything, like they you know, I know some people talk about like you just gotta say yes to everything. Yeah, well, when you say yes to everything, there's a cost yeah. to that, and that cost yeah. is that opportunity is what we're going to discuss. And I think it depending on how old you are. I think if you're younger, yeah, I think you should say yes to more things than no. Right, as you get older, I find it's probably saying no to more things than you should say yes to. And it's a, it's a, it's that balance because now as you get older, I find you're actually looking for opportunities that it's going to move the needle and actually move you towards because you have very selective time and selective energy that you should really be very selective on what you want to put that investment towards in terms of yeah. energy and time and money. Whereas younger, you don't know enough yet. I think I know mm. I wasn't wise enough. I don't know. I didn't have the wisdom or the experience behind me. So therefore I said yes to most things because I wanted the experience. I needed yeah. to learn. And going back to what I said about decision, same thing. Like by you taking, saying yes to those opportunities when you're younger in your twenties, it allows you to find out more about yourself. It's nothing to do with the opportunities. It's everything to do with who you are and finding about who you are, uh, like how you operate, what's the operating system within you, how you make decisions. And then, you know, creating that confidence to know and analyze how you make decisions moving forward. Yeah, that's great. That's a very good distinction there too, because I'll give you an example where I think this is really relevant. And 
I always, whenever I heard about the process of making really, saying no to more things than yes, was particularly as it came to family. And so uh, I remember it being explained, for, for me to say yes to this, I've got to say no to something else. And sometimes those no's are family, the big rocks in life, things that are really, really important. So I, I think I, I agree with you totally. I was probably more yes to more things early on just for the same experience. It's like, hey, I, I want to get out and do that. I've become a lot more discerning over time. And it has to be even, even projects that I get involved in, even even ventures and businesses. I, I, for me, the metric is it's got to be meaningful money. It's not just a case of just following it for that sake. It's got to be, it's got to nourish something. That's the opportunity cost. I, I've worked out, I have a finite amount of time left on this earth. I want to dedicate it to causes and areas and time with people that I appreciate, love, and not that I don't care about a lot of people, but I have to be a lot more selective. And that means saying yes to less things and, and you know, to basically shelter and look after the things that are most important to me and to ensure that I don't spread myself too thin. Yeah, and just, you know, want to add to that, I think that when you when you make that decision, I think it's a lot to do with your values and what's important yeah. to you. And don't get yeah. caught or trapped into um, making someone else's priority yeah. that your priority. So and yeah. this happens a lot with charities, for example. Yeah. There are literally thousands of charities that you can support. There are t so many things that we you know, that need our help. Mm. But just because one person values it and that's they dedicate their life doesn't mean that that should be your focus. Yeah. And don't, you know, be careful with that. Cause I see, I feel like sometimes there's so much obligation to like fulfill, like, oh, you know, it's in the environment. And so therefore we yeah. all have to do our part. And then we get hooked into like, this is what we have to do, even though you have no interest in it. I think just be careful about aligning like who you are and listening to yourself about the opportunities you, you want to do rather than what you think society wants you to do or what you should yeah. be doing. I think it's really yeah. be introspective enough and be discerning enough to go, this is the opportunities that's in front of me. These are the things I should want to do because I want to do it this way. And here's why I want to do it. And having that thought process and journeying about that, I think is going to be critically important. Right. So uh, where I want to circle back to, you had one more yeah, point. Said. No, I was going to say, I want to link, link in the synchronicity part of it because you know, when you say no to certain things and you're really clear on what you say yes to and you're congruent and you follow paths, it's amazing how things quite often then will line up. doesn't mean that they're all going to go to plan. But in that example, when I made the decision to uh, go to London, when I, I got on, the, on, on basically the flights to organise it, I got the last plane out of Madrid to London that would make it in time. You know, I, I, I got the last um, plane out of London at the time that I needed to. I happened to have a 30 minute, like it, it's just, it's basically, you know, when you make a decision, that's where pro the saying goes about providence, things line up and things start working out because there's a definiteness in the plan, there's a direction. And when you've got that, it's almost as if the world and the universe will conspire to help you fulfill that because you're putting out a, 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 an intention saying, that's where I'm going. And to me, yeah. that's where the synchronicity works out where you have situations and, and you wanted to go to this restaurant and then um, they needed two people to go. You might want to explain that. They needed two people, but you really want to go there and you're thinking, well, Jim, come, I don't know. And then suddenly Jim's there and we can go to this restaurant. That yeah. to me is just, you know, sometimes that's where my universe just basically pulling the strings and just basically assisting things along once you make a clear direction that that's where I want to go. Yeah, and it, it's so, and it, that's that that's the power of intention and yep. putting things out there. There's a power of like putting your goals down on a piece of paper. These are you know so power to be able to voice some of those things to other people to share them with others, and you know the vision that you want to share, and and people start to gravitate, right? But but if you can buy, like going back full circle here, if you can buy and sell yourself on that vision. And all of a sudden, like people will want to desire to want to help you. But if you keep it to yourself, don't say anything and are too shy to action on any, any small little thing. How does anybody ever know? Like, you know, yeah. and, uh, and that's the, the power is that you actually have to take action. It's just not just yeah. like dreaming up in your head. 
and I think it's really important to kind of really put things down on paper and actually voice it out. And you kind of think about, it. I remember, I know this is kind of all woo woo talk here, but like I, I mean, at the end of the day, when I was in chiropractic college and I was in second year, I was, you know, I had my friend Jamie and Scott, we used to sit down in the cafeteria and write out our dreams. And we sat down, and write out our dream practice and, you know, dream careers. And I wrote down, you know, the number I wanted to see, um, amount of money I wanted to make and the practice that I wanted to have. You know, and I'm live in Toronto, right? So I'm from Toronto, and I clearly remember writing down. It goes, "I'm gonna have a home by the ocean." You know, and uh, if anybody knows ge geography, like Canada is not surrounded. By, well, it is surrounded by ocean. Lakes. Toronto is not. Right? <laughs> Toronto is surrounded by lakes, not oceans. And uh, and I had this is like this is the second year. Like two years later, it wasn't until two years later where I decided to move to Australia. And, uh, and it wasn't until much later that I realized I'm like, oh my God, here's the house. Here's the house by the ocean. And I was like, wow, you know, and that's just like probably, you know, maybe six or seven years later. And I got to my goal of my, my, my practice, those numbers within three years that I thought was going to take my whole lifetime to achieve, but it took, took, you know, took two and a half years, three years to get there. And I was like, man, now what, <laughs> you know, but these, and people would say that luck. Is that what you created? Is this opportunity? Is it because, you know, what? I don't know. I think it's a combination of all those things. I think it's a combination of, of dreaming, having the right intention, and then working towards it, you know, yeah. knowing that and knowing with faith and hope that I will get there someday. I don't need yeah. it now, but I, I am. That's the direction I want to go. And that's the, that's the conspiring thing. What you're talking about, Jim, is like the universal conspires, but you have to dream it first. You have yeah. to be able to go. This is why, why I want it. This is the intention. It may or may not happen, but it's, I guarantee you will happen more. The probability will happen more if you actually thought it through first. Yeah. I think having it really clear, you're right in, in that I'm super clear on what my objective and legacy and, and what I'm seeking to create are. So I'm clear on the vision, at least as clear as I can be up until the point where I expand the vision. But when situations come along, I guess what I probably didn't mention is that I've got a reference and a checklist that says, is this getting me closer or further away from that? And that is kind of like, if you get, you've got your true north and you go, that's where I want to go. Decisions and opportunities along the way will either get you closer or further away from it. And I've, I've had to, it's like a decision-making model and matrix that goes through my mind that says, okay, helping, subtracting, plus or minus, what is it? Is it worthwhile? So you've got values, but you also got that matrix along the way, which helps move the needle closer to where ultimately your vision and objectives are. So that's probably something that might be of help to someone as well too. If you ask along the overarching perspective of, okay, that's the vision, that's the dream life that I have and want, is this action, is this behavior, is this decision, is this energy, time or money helping me move closer to that? And if it's not, you might want to think about it. If it is, as terrified as you may be in that moment, it's a case of just going basically that seven seconds of courage to step into it and get going. Uh, I think that's uh, that's a great, perfect sort of ending to, you know, summary of, of exactly what we're talking about here. Mm. And, I, and I love for people to kind of evaluate, you know, have you always had a goal and a dream and intention? Which, I, mean, I think I believe that everybody has certain goals and certain intentions that they want to have in their life. The question really is, is like, are you moving closer? Or are you moving away from it? And if you are moving closer, are you, the question is, or if you're stuck in some way, are you, are you actually taking action mm. every day? or every week or every month, are you, are you consciously taking action to try to achieve it? And if the answer is no, okay, what do you, you know, ask yourself, what do you need to do? Like, what is you, what is one small thing, you know, you need to do that you can do this week to go and action it. Now, some people will also say, well, I am doing it, but if you're not moving any closer, I would really kind of question whether the action you say you're going to is doing is actually moving you closer or not. Because mm. if you've been stuck in that one place for a long time, you, you think you're taking action, then Maybe you're in a cul-de-sac. What Seth Golden talks about cul-de-sac. You maybe you're in a dead end that you need to leave and try a different path because the action you're doing isn't really helping. So, I think yeah, it's no. so important to know when to quit, to move and change tactic or change strategies. Um, otherwise, you're just gonna be living in that cul-de-sac, beating your head and going like, "Why can't I get across the other side?" Well, because it's a cul-de-sac. It ends. <laughs> yeah. And so, I think it's so important to kind of look at that. So, uh, it's, in, it's not the dream. It's not about dreaming. I think it's all about always about taking action. Yeah. To, and creating those opportunities around you so that you can succeed. Um, it's not all, 
like I said, it's uh, luck will conspire to help you over time, but you need to take the right actions at the right appropriate time. Yeah. So, Jim, that was a great conversation, man. Uh, again, it was so great to see you uh, last week, and yeah. uh, well, I'm sure we'll see each other more often. But, guys, I hope you enjoyed this particular podcast. I hope it helps you create more opportunities in your life and create more luck in your life and, uh, and create more synchronicity in your life and also help you achieve more and more closer to your goals. Please share this podcast with everybody else. Uh, on Wabi Sabi, we're here discussing the art of imperfection and the path to getting there and of getting to success to success. So until next time, we will see you on the next episode.